The Lymphoma Voices podcast brings you a series of conversations around topics of interest for people affected by lymphoma, the fifth most common cancer in the UK. Hello, I'm Anne Hook and I work at Lymphoma Action and I'm delighted to be joined today by Charlotte Bloodworth, who's an advanced nurse practitioner at the University of Wales, Cardiff. Hello, Charlotte. Can you tell us a bit about your role? So I'm the advanced nurse practitioner in Cardiff. I've been there for probably about 15 plus years now, but my role specifically um, is to do, uh, I'm in clinics, reviewing patients, supporting patients, all with a lymphoma diagnosis. We receive a lot of calls from people and one of the things that they ask about is relapse. Are they likely to relapse? Will they recognise if it happens? After what length of time is it likely to happen? And I wonder whether we can look into that in a little more detail today. Charlotte, in your experience, how do people initially react to a diagnosis of lymphoma? So on first diagnosis, I think there's a lot of shock, fear. Many people haven't even heard of lymphoma, so there's a really sharp learning curve there. Um, and I think a lot of people get swept up in the actions of you know, rushing to treatment, being treated, and then suffer a little bit afterwards with that sort of post-traumatic um, remembering everything that went on. So there's a lot of uh, sort of roller coaster emotions, I'd say, with that initial diagnosis. Can I ask you, Charlotte, what's the difference between relapsed lymphoma and refractory lymphoma? So once you've finished your treatment and had the all clear, the term relapsed um, is when your original disease reappears and it's sort of uh, timing wise, we, we always say greater than six months after you've finished treatment and refractory disease is the term we use when your disease relapses under six months. So we assume with refractory disease that your disease actually um, hasn't responded to the chemo it might have grown through the chemo um, or it might have still had a small amount that hasn't yet been cured after the initial chemo. Does the staging or type of lymphoma have any bearing on whether the person is likely to relapse? The type of lymphoma definitely does. So of course, low-grade lymphomas are relaxing and relenting in their nature. So we'd expect low-grade lymphomas to relapse. The high-grade lymphomas, we usually say the more aggressive the disease, the more responsive it is to treatment. So if you have a less aggressive high-grade, um, it might be less responsive to treatment, so it might relapse. Um, but I would probably say there is no rhyme or reason to relapse. Um, some people with exactly the same disease, exactly the same stage, one person might relapse, the other person won't relapse. So if somebody's been diagnosed with stage four lymphoma, as opposed to somebody with stage one, is the person with stage four far more likely to relapse in your experience or is that not necessarily the case? I would say in my experience it definitely isn't necessarily the case. You can have somebody with stage four that will have their treatment and be cured uh, and never see us again. And you can have somebody with a high grade stage one or two lymphoma that does relapse. 
Is there a length of time after which people can start to think that their lymphoma is unlikely to relapse? With high grade and Hodgkin's, the most relapses will occur quickly after treatment. The chance of relapse actually diminishes with time. So the further away you get from treatment, the more confident you can be that your disease won't return. And after two years, many departments discharge people from follow-up because the risk of relapse is so low. You mentioned that low-grade non-Hodgkin lymphoma is more likely to relapse. In your experience, is there a typical time after which this might happen? Uh, I'd say from experience, there's no typical time at all. You know, the aim of treatment is to sort of give years of disease control. Some people might relapse early, some people might never relapse, and some people have a few quick relapses and then never relapse again. So it's um, really unpredictable. One of the things that um, people ask us a lot is how will they know if their lymphoma has relapsed? They want to know, is it likely to appear in the same place as before? Are they likely to experience the same symptoms at relapse as at diagnosis? Or could this be different? I'd say it's very dependent on the type of lymphoma. Many relapsed lymphomas will represent in the same way. But I always do tell people to sort of look out for red flag signs like a new lump or weight loss or these symptoms of sweating, itching, fatigue. Um, and of course, some people might have bone marrow failure, so they might have abnormal blood counts. A lot of people have been discharged, whether it's, you know, if they've had a high grade or a Hodgkin or, or having self-management, as is more common nowadays. Um, if you have been discharged, how will they be able to recognise a relapse? So I'd say hopefully if you've been discharged, your risk of relapse is going to be very low. But really hopefully before discharge, you'll be armed with the information um, about these red flag symptoms um, or what you specifically or individually need to look out for, such as the new lump, the weight loss, the B symptoms or frequent infections. Do you generally recommend that people check their nodes? And if so, how regularly should they do that? So I think this is a difficult question because I think different places over the nation recommend different things. I think checking your nodes too much um, can lead to anxiety. Um, you know, I, I do have some people that really dig down and find a normal lymph node, um, but then get really concerned about it. And when they come to me, you know, I might not be able to even find it because they've hunted so much for it. But it is useful, I think, to know your body, know what's normal and know what's not normal. And I would just say to, you know, just run your fingers over, um, you know, your neck, your armpits, you know, places where you have obvious lymph nodes. And for those people that um, want to study a bit harder, there is a lot of information out there. I mean, lymphoma action um, have the Live Your Life course, which will show you how to feel your lymph nodes. Um, and I think for those people that want that, that's a really valuable resource. But I'd probably say, just know what's normal for you. And typically, are most people shown by their specialists on how to, to feel for their lymph nodes? So I would probably say they learn from experience. So every time they have a clinic review, they will be examined, so they know where to examine. 
rather than be directed especially where to examine. If somebody recognises those, a new lump that suddenly appeared or, or increase in fatigue, at what point should they contact their clinical team for advice? So I would say we definitely want to be contacted with anything related to lymphoma. Or if you're not sure it's related to lymphoma, the advice might be to contact your GP. But I would say always ring us. We really don't mind. Um, relapse is rarely picked up in a formal clinic review. So we do depend on people ringing in between appointments. And this is really why sort of patient triggered systems have come into play. Um, but we always do want people to ring us. And what tests are needed to confirm a relapse? As with initial presentation of lymphomas, you have to have a biopsy to confirm a lymphoma and that goes for relapse as well. So you have to have a biopsy and once you've confirmed it, you then might go on and have restaging, which is scans and blood tests. When lymphoma comes back, does it come back as the same type? For example, if you've got follicular lymphoma, is it going to come back as a follicular lymphoma? I would say the majority of time it probably does, but this is why you need that biopsy because occasionally it can surprise everybody and come back as something different. If you have a high-grade lymphoma, you can relapse and have a low-grade lymphoma, which you might not need to do anything about. But of course, that relapse brings all that emotion and stress of thinking, oh, my, my high-grade disease has come back and it actually turns out to be low-grade. On that same sort of theme, you can have low-grade disease, have a biopsy, and it's proven to be high-grade. And that's what we call transformation. Is this something you see very often? So no, transformed um, lymphoma isn't something that you see very often. It's something that we always look out for. Um, and this is uh, only to do with the people who have the low-grade disease there is a chance that the low-grade disease can mutate and become more aggressive. And if it is more aggressive and high-grade, it is life-limiting. So you have to go in quite hard and cure that high-grade part. The disease has already shown its strength in the fact that it can transform into something else. So they are tricky to treat, but we would still treat it with the aim of curing the high-grade but you will still be left with the underlying low-grade disease, which often you can live alongside. How many times do people relapse and how many times can they have treatment? So I'd say there's no pattern to it. Um, I'd say like the low-grade lymphomas, um, you know, will typically relapse, say, two, three, maybe four times. Um, but I definitely know people who have relapse more times than that and, and still responded to treatment. And I definitely know people that have had less relapses. And after a relapse, are you more likely to relapse again? So with low-grade lymphoma, we would expect relapse to continue because it is a, a sort of relapsing, relenting disease. And with a high-grade lymphoma, our aim would be to cure, so we wouldn't want it to relapse again. But occasionally you can get a few people that, that do relapse um, for the second time. And again, there are treatments available, um, you know, such as CAR-T nowadays. I believe, you know, with 
high-grade lymphomas and Hodgkin lymphoma, the aim is for cure on treatment, whereas with low grades, it's management. So with low-grade lymphomas, of course, you expect a relapse several times, and we would expect the disease still to be controlled several times. But you've got to remember that this can be over years and decades, so it's important to remember the body can get older um, and you might pick up some other medical problems along the way. And these factors might change the type of treatment you can have or the type of treatment the body is able to tolerate. High-grade lymphomas, if they relapse or if you have a transformed disease where a, a low-grade lymphoma has relapsed and is biopsied to say that it's changed into a high-grade, that already shows that the disease has a bit of strength with it. So it is more difficult to treat and it often needs different drugs or stronger drugs. But we would still treat that high grade uh, with the aim of cure. People get worried that if their lymphoma comes back that you're going to run out of options. Are there plenty of treatments available for people when they relapse? It's very rare in lymphoma that we run out of treatments, even if these treatments end up being used for symptom control. So I would say there are many, many treatments available. Are people likely to be given the same treatment as they had when they were um, initially diagnosed or is it likely to be something different, do you think? So most treatments have diminishing returns. So you can use them again. You know, if it worked in your five years down the line, you can use it again. But you'd sort of predict that it might only last sort of two to three years if you're reusing a treatment. So often it's better to use a different type of treatment. Um, and I'd also say as time marches on, more and more treatments become available and modern treatments are, are sort of aimed at being more effective and less toxic than traditional chemotherapy. So there might be something better to use than what you had, say, five or six years ago. And of course, there's always a clinical trials as well for those lymphomas that are a bit more difficult or a bit rarer. You know, there are a lot of trials out there testing new drugs. Um, so that's a good option if those mainstay drugs have been used up. You mentioned CAR T cell therapy as a newer type of treatment for high-grade lymphomas. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? So CAR T cell has only been available the last few years, and it's just another option of curing a lymphoma, um, a high-grade lymphoma that is continuing to relapse. You know, we, we have to cure high-grade lymphomas. They are life-limiting. And if it does relapse, you need to go in and cure again. And CAR T-cell is now an option for that second relapse. It gives you a chance of cure that wasn't available before. It's only available for some conditions. Yeah, there's definitely trials going on for all types of lymphoma. But the ones they found it most beneficial at the moment are the diffuse large B cells or the transformed follicular lymphoma. For some people diagnosed with a low-grade lymphoma, some will be treated straight away and others will go on to active monitoring, sometimes known as watch and wait. Do you find that people feel differently about relapsing, whether they've already had treatment or whether they've never had treatment in your experience? Yes, I think the 
fear of treatment definitely brings a lot of emotions with it. And mm -hmm. um, I think once somebody's been through it, you know, even if they've had a bad experience, they know what to expect. So in, in that way, you're, you know, a little bit um, armed with uh, what's, what might happen, which I think, again, that bit of knowledge brings, you know, a bit of relief to those, those sort of roller coaster emotions. Um, I'd say nobody looks forward to a relapse, but, you know, once you've had one or two, you know what to expect, so it's less frightening. When you have patients who come to you who are really worried um, about fear of relapse, what do you tend to say to them? So I'd probably say to them, leave the worrying to us. I think a lot of people uh, worry when they don't need to worry. Um, and I often say to them, I'll warn you when you need to start worrying. Hopefully I've given them enough knowledge to, to know what they need to worry about and not to worry about the things they don't need to worry about. So I think it's really important to know that there is lots of support out there. The first step really is to arm yourself with, with knowledge. And I'd say the hospital team are there to give you that sort of personalized individual advice. And if you need it, you know, more professional psychological care. Lots of people like different things, you know, not everybody likes the same sort of support, you know, some people like the, the support groups that, you know, like Lymphoma Action and other cancer charities um, run. And then you have those that really want an individualized service, you know, like having a, a buddy, um, like they do in Lymphoma Action, you know, having one person that's been through exactly the same thing that you're going through is really helpful for some people. And other people like just phoning up, um, you know, Lymphoma Action Helpline and everybody likes to get their support in different ways. Um, you know, and I think your charity is definitely um, covering all bases. You know, I think having that variety available is essential for patients. Mm. No, I think you're right there, Charlotte. And of course, we have got, um, you know, the closed Facebook group, Buddies, Lymphoma Action Support Groups, Helpline. And we also have a Live Your Life uh, programme for people that are either on active monitoring or have had treatment. So um, yeah, we would encourage people to, to, to try them out and, and see what might suit them. And a lot of people um, find the idea of relapse extremely worrying. Um, do you have any suggestions on how people can manage this uncertainty? So I think the first step is to acknowledge that worrying is a normal thing. Having lymphoma is a, a major life event. But what I suppose you have to do is make sure that that worry doesn't become overwhelming. And to do that, I would say you do need to take positive steps. Uh, you know, you need to build your, resist, your resilience. Um, and have your sort of your own toolkit ready and in that toolkit I'd say it, it's really important to have some knowledge so learn what you need to look out for learn where you can go with your concerns and just rest assured that there's definitely somebody there that you can talk to also it's really um, important to have some activities to reduce your worry you know keep yourself busy stay active you know book things to look forward to like a nice holiday or or something like that make sure you have some quiet space 
as well. You know, you do need to keep busy, but at the same time, you need to relax. Mm. You know, some people like mindfulness or going for a nice quiet walk. But I think it's important to try and find some positives rather than thinking about the negatives all the time. I think having lymphoma can be a wake up call and it can change your life priorities. Uh, some people I know have changed their job. Um, some people want to spend more time with their family, but it really does sort of bring the reality to that phrase, seize the day. Mm. You know, you, you, after being through that big experience, you, you do need to now think, what do I enjoy in life and go and enjoy it. We hear of people that have had a low-grade lymphoma for 20, 30 years, and they echo that, that they want to uh, encapsulate life, enjoy it, and make the best of, of things. So that's really helpful. Thank you. There's a couple of questions we've got that we ask all healthcare professionals who are kind enough to do a podcast with us. So I wonder if I can ask you these. And the first one is, Charlotte, what motivates you to do your job? But I'd say um, I really like working with people. I, I find it fascinating how there are so many characters out there in the world. And I think you definitely come across a lot of characters in this job. And it's a nice thing to do to be able to help people as well. Um, and, you know, people want help in different ways. And it's, it's very challenging to find out how you can help different people. It's a very rewarding job. Mm. I did fall into it by chance and it's just been a, a happy chance. <laughs> and can I ask you, if there was one message you wanted to give to people with lymphoma, what would that be? I would say, although it's easy for me to say, I would say try and put it into perspective. You know, you don't have any control over having the lymphoma, how it's going to progress you know whether it will be cured whether it's going to come back you have no control over that so so don't try and control it um you know control the things you can in life um and the lymphoma will sort itself out in the background but i think it's really important not to waste energy on worrying because i think you know all that mental worry runs you down and i think that's not good for your immune system at all so the less worry you can do, the better. Thank you, Charlotte. It's been really interesting and thank you very much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. For more information about lymphoma and the support we can offer to people affected by the condition, please visit the Lymphoma Action website at www.lymphoma-action.org.uk. Lymphoma Action. Inform, support, connect.